You are merciful to all, O Lord, and despise nothing that you have made. You overlook people's sins to bring them to repentance, and you spare them. For you are the Lord our God. Welcome to ChantWorks. ChantWorks is an apostolate of lay men and women devoted to renewing Catholic worship through sacred music and the singing of the Mass. Part of renewing Catholic worship is the prayerful reading of sacred scripture. These readings and reflections are intended to help readers prepare for their part in the Mass and to help others listen attentively to the proclamation of the Word. Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of Lent, those magnificent 40 days in which we leave worldly pursuits behind, at least for a time, in order to focus more intently on heavenly things by following Jesus into the wilderness to contemplate his purpose for our lives. Discerning God's purpose requires clarity, and there's no better place to do that than in the desert, literally or figuratively. It's also why we fast. Fasting helps clear the mind and pray more effectively. Almsgiving, the third pillar of the traditional Lenten disciplines, also brings clarity because it helps us see that most of what we think is essential really isn't. The readings for Ash Wednesday are the same each year. The first reading is from the prophet Joel, a name which means the Lord is God. It is the second book in the collection of prophetic books known as the Twelve Minor Prophets, or simply the Twelve. They're called minor not because they're unimportant, but because they're relatively short compared to the major prophets Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Joel is only three chapters long. His message, therefore, is short and to the point. Return to the Lord your God. Joel was written during a time of instability and fear when Jerusalem was in danger of destruction from within because of religious and moral decay and from without by foreign armies. Joel, therefore, pleads with his people to rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. Perhaps then, he says, the Lord will relent and leave a blessing. Then as now, there were many false gods that made people turn away from God. Everyone at times feels tempted to worship idols. Anything can become an idol. Money, power, health, fitness, physical beauty, careers, prestige, even our families. The prophet Joel's warning against idolatry and the admonition to repentance applies to people of every age. A reading from the prophet Joel. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. For gracious and merciful is he, 
slow to anger, rich in kindness and relenting in punishment. Perhaps he will again relent and leave behind him a blessing, offerings and libations for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Proclaim a fast, call an assembly, gather the people, notify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom quit his room and the bride her chamber. Between the porch and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, Spare, O Lord, your people, and make not your heritage a reproach with the nations ruling over them. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Then the Lord was stirred to concern for his land and took pity on his people. The responsorial psalm echoes Joel's message of repentance. It is ascribed to David after his adulterous affair with Bathsheba, which resulted in her becoming pregnant. David compounded his sin when he tried to hide it by orchestrating the death of her husband Uriah. When David's sin was exposed by the prophet Nathan, he is cut to the heart. Filled with remorse, the great king repents of his sin and pleads to God for mercy. Psalm 51 is the quintessential sinner's prayer and a fitting way to start Lent when we make it our own. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness. In the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt, and of my sin cleanse me. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. For I acknowledge my offense, and my sin is before me always. Against you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. A clean heart create for me, O God, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. Cast me not out from your presence, and your Holy Spirit take not from me. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Give me back the joy of your salvation, and a willing spirit sustain in me. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. 
Corinth was a vibrant commercial center and a crucial link connecting the trade route between the eastern and western parts of the Roman Empire. Its citizens were sophisticated, prosperous, and proud, a challenging situation in which to preach the gospel, as the two letters that Paul wrote testify. In the second reading for Ash Wednesday, Paul implores the Christians in Corinth and us to be reconciled to God. Prosperity is a blessing, but there's a hidden danger. For prosperity can make us neglect the things of God by focusing all our energy on the things of this world, a world which is passing away. Although they couldn't see it at the time, the advent of Christ changed everything. Eventually, even the great Roman Empire would pass away and Corinth would be forgotten, save for Paul's letters. A reading from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, we are ambassadors for Christ, as if God were appealing through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who did not know sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Working together, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In an acceptable time I heard you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The Gospel of Matthew was written primarily for a Jewish audience. The genealogy which begins the Gospel was written in order to demonstrate that Jesus is the Messiah, the true King of Israel. The Sermon on the Mount, from which the Gospel for Ash Wednesday is taken, portrays Jesus as the new Moses, sent to impart a new law, the law of the Gospel, a law which does not supersede the old law, but completes it. Thus, Jesus and his teachings fulfill the law of Moses and bring it to perfection. The law of the Gospel, however, differs from the law of Moses in that it emphasizes the importance of one's interior disposition over external acts. External acts are important, but they're only beneficial insofar as they're consistent with the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It's what we do in secret, when nobody is watching, that reveals our true beliefs about God. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds 
in order that people may see them. Otherwise you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, so that your almsgiving may be secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door and pray to your father in secret, and your father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance, so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you may not appear to be fasting, except to your Father who is hidden. And your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Lenten disciplines of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving were not invented by Jesus. They were moral imperatives under the old law as well. The difference is that for Christians, these ascetical practices are to be done not to win the approval of others, but solely for the love of God who sees in secret. It's important to emphasize that good works, such as almsgiving, and religious practices such as prayer and fasting are not done to win God's approval. He loves us no matter what. After all, God is love. Rather, God wants us to share in his own blessed life, which requires a certain disposition, a certain habit of mind, namely humility and a desire to please God. He who ponders the law of the Lord day and night will yield fruit in due season. This has been a Chantworks production. Please visit us online at chantworks.com.